right, welcome to Real Talk Paranormal with Spirit Recon. Thanks for tuning us in. I'm Fred Scheidenberger, your host. Tonight we have a real cool guest on and a new member, all wrapped in one. We welcome Melissa Grubbs. How are you, Melissa? Hey, Fred. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? Yep, I can hear you perfect. Good. Well, thanks for coming on the program with us, and you're going to hear more from Melissa as she uh, takes a bigger role in our Ab- podcast uh, podcast here soon, right? Absolutely. That's the plan. Very cool. Well, Melissa is in Lynchburg, Virginia, and um, can you tell us a little, tell us a little bit about yourself, Melissa? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm a mom of two. I have two grand girls that my total world revolves around and, um, I work and hang out with you guys and, and really enjoy the paranormal. Um, always been interested in that. Um, watched all the Zach Bagans and taps and, um, I think it actually started with paranormal state. It made me really curious um, about things and it kind of helped me understand some things about myself as well. Cool. Yeah, that was a really good show actually. um, Paranormal state. I learned a lot from that show also. So definitely I know if you're on this program and now part of spirit recon, um, you know, this has, has become a passion for you. Um, you are new to the field is you're not new to the passion of the questions or the uh, having your own experience per se. Correct. Um, for a long time, gosh, let's see. I don't want to give my age away, but uh, for a long time, I would always feel like somebody was with me or um, I would get smells or I would hear, I would hear people talk of course, you know, I thought I was crazy. Um, so I kind of like, um, not really ignored it, just kind of blocked it out. And as I watched these shows and um, I saw people like Chip Coffee and um, Michelle, but I cannot think of her name, her last name. Um, right, on Paranormal State. Correct. And even Amy Allen, um, I would watch her investigations and see what she was seeing or hear what she was hearing. And I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not too crazy. Um, Some time passed by and I think I ran across uh, Paranormal Warehouse actually. And I watched uh, Daryl and Alex and kind of linked up on their page and uh, made some connections with Dan Norvell. And he was doing he was doing a, a live feed from, uh, I think, the Roadhouse. And um, as he was going through it, and he had said some of the history, I was able to, like, see the, the lady in the Roadhouse. Her name is actually uh, Mary Jane. And I was right. able to see her. And um, Mike, who is the owner, has really done a lot that everybody really needs to check that out. But... Um, yeah. has done a lot for Mary Jane and the roadhouse and keeping her memory alive. And um, I could actually see her. He was sitting down and I could actually see her smiling behind him with her hands 
on his shoulders. So she's very, you know, and I could feel she was very appreciative and she really, really likes Mike. So, um, so then I started adding more feeds and more feeds and the more I watched, I felt like the whole thing exploded. Like just everything I guess I had suppressed had come full circle and was just out there like a firework. So um, I connected with Ashley Storm and kind of talked to her a little bit about it. And um, she's super helpful because I've never done my own actual investigation. Right. And we're getting to that until, until last night, right? Correct. <laughs> well, I, well, uh, your bigger one last night. Correct. Yeah. I did a small one here. We have a bridge. It's called state route six, six, six. Um, I did live feed, some live feed of that. And, um, I was able to get things on the K2 and I do plan to return there. I stayed maybe, I think maybe two hours. Um, and I had to go now is, is there local lore attached to the bridge or is this a feeling you get or just I imagine 666? There must be some story here. There's all kinds of urban legends. Um, I remember from high school, actually, which was a long time ago. Um, you know, but I think at some point that there are truths somewhere in an urban legend. And um, I don't know if it's things that just were never documented um, but I do know that when I went, I could see railroad workers. Um, there's a female there. Um, I just did not have the equipment such as a SB7 and um, other things to utilize during that investigation. I do have the SB7, so I plan to go back in two weeks to see what I can get. But there, there are spirits there. There are spirits there. I gotcha. Attempt to uh, communicate a little further, maybe, and find out who's there and why they're there a little bit more. Correct. And if, if there's anything I can do as far as crossing them over, um, it, it does bother me knowing that, you know, spirits are stuck. They don't know why. And, you know, if, of course, if I can help them, you know, cross over, you know, where they need to be, then I hope to be able to do that. Well, very cool. Well, to let uh, to let our listeners know, I w after you and I met and um, talked about numerous paranormal things, uh, we then delved into some information that I had been studying, and I actually allowed you to study it with me without without grooming you or without giving you any data that I had uh, discovered and recorded for over a year. Um, and we were able to do, to tie a few things and really make a little bit of headway in a short time. Um, uh, thanks to you. And like, like I'm telling the listeners without that data that I already had. So, um, um, remotely you have been a, a, a big help already with some of the research that we're doing, especially with the Rose Kangley sessions. So we appreciate that. Um, and I just wanted to give the listeners an idea how you're helping us from Lynchburg, with that uh, here in Illinois. Yeah, I think there's a lot there you have not uncovered. Um, I think Rose, of course, she's very fond of you. Um, there is something there, something else there. And like we've spoken, and I'm not going to give anything away. Sure. Um, but I think definitely worth digging into. Right. And we're going to have, I think that's where um, 
you know, the Rose Kangley sessions and you being brought onto the team, it's going to manifest itself into um, to something a little different. And that's good because that's what I was looking for this to do uh, was to lead to further studies and further communication and taking it farther outside the box. So we've really got, um, we're going to, as a team, we're going to approach it um, instead of having the one-on-one sessions, we're just, I think it's going to be real streamlined so that the viewers can see this, uh, this incredible data that we can capture, but um, we're going to work together as a team really to uh, finesse this out. So I'm excited about that. Me too. I'm curious to see what more, what other secrets that place holds. Right. Right. Well, we went uh, last night. I had my uh, computer up and it died in the middle of this. But last night you uh, traveled to Mechanicsville, Virginia, which was it's a couple hours away from you, uh, towards the East Coast there, just north of Richmond, correct? Yes, really close to Richmond. And, right. Um, and if you look at a war map, I showed the folks on one of our videos the other day, the war map, um, you know, the South had the, uh, the Confederates had Richmond, it looks like, um, as a, their area. Um, so a lot of those battles, as they put, as the North would try to push down uh, and take that area, a lot of those battles happened north of Richmond there and were very deadly, uh, bloody battles yeah. in our history. Yeah. Uh, right in that land. It's, it's very, um, when you pull up on the property, the cabin, of course, is very pretty. And um, the brick ranch, of course, I mean, it's just a brick ranch, but the land is beautiful. Um, I did post a picture of the sunset over the land yesterday as we were waiting for the investigation to start. And, you know, it just really struck me that even though the land is so tainted and, you know, so many people lost their lives there, that it could still be beautiful. So I really wanted to share that. Um, I look really deep into into things and I mean it's part of who I am and um so I mean I could just feel the emotion it was sadness but yet it was beautiful and I've used cemeteries the same way I love cemeteries but um it was it's 360 cabin so my hopes I got there early and hoping to grab Dennis for a few minutes I knew he would be busy um right and I was walking to view the back of the cabin and just so happened timing worked out perfectly. And Dennis came out and was able to, well, first of all, he was very kind to stop and give, he knew I was doing live. So um, he was very kind to give the history and um, some information uh, for our viewers that, you know, we're watching. So everybody was kind of on the same page and knew what had happened there. Um, but in saying that I was, I was quite intimidated to um, go into even the cabin. Uh, you can, it's hard to describe, but um, when your feet hit the ground, I mean, you can just feel it. You can just, you know, that there's something there, a lot of something. Um, I think it's probably more than they would ever be able to count and document. I think that um, in talking to Ryan, who actually owns the cabin, that he thinks a lot of people or spirits uh, cross through there. So, um, and you can definitely feel that even if you, you don't have abilities or 
anything like that. The air is just, you can just feel it. Yeah, very thick. Right. And you did get a good interview with Dennis, and that's on our Facebook site. Uh, People that want to know more about that history uh, um, from somebody that knows, you know, somebody that's there and, uh, um, you know, he points to where the battle sites are. That's how close they are. They're right over the hill was there. And uh, it's pretty amazing where that sat in the middle of a lot of those battles. So... So then your event started, and I'm sure there were some uh, preliminaries. Um, did you get any feelings during the preliminaries before you actually investigated? or uh, You felt like you were being watched. They knew, they knew okay. that there were people there. Um, the ones that I did communicate with and others are intelligent. Um, they, a lot of them don't want to talk. Um, and they'll, and they'll let you know, they want you to leave. Um, but it's, you just feel like you're, you're being watched. You know, you know that they know you're there. Um, they have that creepy doll. I can't remember the doll's name. Hmm. So first stop was there's a room upstairs off of the loft. And I was actually going to set that out because I didn't want to be near, I just don't do dolls well so anyway john our tour guide um who was really nice by the way um he assured me we weren't going in the room with the dolls and um or the doll and um so we did our investigation in that room we did get a response from a male um you know we were real respectful um i think that's um just watching i mean i've never investigated before but i watch how dan does his watch how you do and uh, both of you guys are very respectful so I took that into account and um, you could tell his energy was weakening so I asked him do you want us to leave and he lit it up so we went ahead and respected that and left yeah, and it then appeared, it appeared you had okay. a really good K2 uh, uh, call and demand session up there uh, from the video I saw, which is also on our Facebook. So then, then where did you go after that? From there, we went to um, downstairs. There's a room in the back of the cabin that uh, they refer to as the Christmas room. Um, at first we didn't get much, but then we found that there was a female there. Um, the investigator that I had with me, um, she's expecting Um and so she would really respond to her. And um, so we got some good responses. We found, um, I, I felt like she was about 22. So we asked, you know, ask her, if you're 22, can you light the, light the device up? And at that point she did. So it was some great, um, great interaction with her. She's very sad. Uh, later, we did ask Ryan, again, he's the gentleman that owns the house, cabin, and he doesn't know of a female, but that's when we got to talking about. Um, they think a lot of spirits will come through there traveling. So, you know, it could have been anybody, um, but it, it was really good. And I think that's in the second video that or second feed that I posted. So they're thinking maybe it's a transient kind of like a transient highway for for spirit activity. It or would transient. seem so. Uh, somewhat as part of what's going on possibly correct but you have to remember um back 
you know, when this land, you know, since the land has been there, there's been so much, is so much history behind it. Um, and so much has come through there. So much has happened there. Um, we did ask it also if it was, um, John asked if, if she was in the, um, if she was a soldier and she lit it up then. And then I, I asked if, it, if she had maybe had been a nurse and she lit it up then. So it could have been a traveling through nurse or, you know, there, it's just so many possibilities right. that, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful place to go visit. It sounds like it. I can't wait to get there myself soon. Um, so, uh, did that finish it, or did did you guys go in the basement of that house, does, uh, the the cabin? No. So the brick ranch um, was next. Was next. Uh, that is where the brother murdered his half sister, and coincidentally, her name is or was Melissa too. Um, wow. So this is a separate what, property on the same piece of land next to the cabin. Correct. It's a, they sit almost side by side, maybe gotcha. 300 feet apart. Gotcha. Um, I will say that there's something not very nice in the, that dwells in the basement. Well, I think he roams throughout the house, but um, you could definitely, you could definitely feel it. So when we first get there, John opens the door and he said, do you know which room something may have happened in and ins- I mean, I knew what room it was instantly. And, um, and Shannon, who was with me, she did also. And, um, the energy in there just, and if you watch the live feed, you'll kind of see how, um, the investigation becomes more chaotic. I didn't realize that until I rewatched it this morning, but you can tell that even the people, um, that were in our group, you could tell that, I don't know, to me this morning, right. watching it back, it just seemed like things were in disarray at that point. I mean, nothing yeah, bad, I, but you could just tell the mood was different among the I, investigators. I think that's a real good assessment. Or, uh, you know, that's, that's good investigation techniques. And if you watch the videos, you can for sure see that everything seems and appears normalized and organized in the cabin. But when everything goes to the other building, the brick rancher on the property, things get more chaotic. Like you said, people start acting differently than they have uh, at other times of the evening. Um, The energy flow uh, was obviously different in that building. Oh, very much so. So we went in that room. Um, Melissa was there. I could feel her. Um, again, I sat down in the floor. And at this point is when I pulled out the ghost box. Um, I didn't use that over in the cabin because I felt like we were getting good enough answers that, you know, I didn't really want to press them because I, whoever was upstairs, you know, wanted us out. But um, so I pulled the ghost box out and had it going. On the spirit box, the SB7 spirit box. Correct. Yes. For everybody listening. That's fine. That's fine. Um, So I started asking questions and um, I got the name Russ. I asked for a name. Who's with us? Of course, the senior question and Russ Mm -hmm. came through and we got a few more responses in there, but then it's hard to put into words. Again, the energy kind of shifted a little bit and it was at that point, um, 
there were cold spots in the room um, near the window, which it wasn't cold outside. It was humid um, outside with a little breeze, but it nothing that would like set a um, EMF detector off or a thermo. I think she had my professional lingo here. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, she, she did get a temperature spike in other words. So right. once she said that, it felt like somebody had brushed up behind me and there was nobody there. Cause everybody, I had my back almost to the wall in the bedroom. So, um, at that point I was like, who touched me? And I get a response from the SB seven that said, Jesus, well, I knew it wasn't Jesus. So that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, my ha- hair on my arms and neck. Um, stood up I showed it to John and he was like oh my god so we went into and it was it said follow me so that there is another bedroom right beside Melissa's which I'm assuming was either the parents or the brothers and we went in there and it was extremely cold in there so I think I think it good possibility it was the brother's bedroom and um, you just felt this pull though when you pull to the basement pull to the basement and I I was really hesitant but I'm like there's no way I cannot go um so we we were kind and if you watch the video you'll see in the video there's a couple more responses that um that we got and I think at one time I asked is there anybody in here with us and we got the response no so I think whatever is in the basement was toying with us at this point and was probably having loads of fun watching the chaos and uh, right. the mood change. Cause I think that was the ultimate goal. So right. from With there, responses like Jesus and that uh, they're uh, adding to the chaos, uh, stimulating, stirring the pot, so to speak. Well, I will add before we left Melissa's bedroom, when I was touched, uh, the investigator that had the, um, Temperature, the thing that measures the temperature. Help me out, Fred. What is it? The proper There we go. Um, It was reading zero until she went behind my back and it jumped up to 2.9. So it was definitely, you know, something back, which I know that was. but, But it was just a little more validation. So from from there, we proceeded to the basement and um if you think the air is bad upstairs, downstairs is worse. Um, and if you watch the video, I think that's probably the last one I posted. Um, you could tell that at the longer I was down there, I struggled more trying to talk. And um, But I did want to do a K2 session and see if we could get any kind of response and we did, um, John, our tour guide, uh, was replaying something for me on his phone. And it sounded like a growl. We got the response. He said John's wife's name, Teresa. And then um, I asked, what is your name? And I haven't gone back and listened to my recorder, but you will hear me say, I think he said, fuck off. And John agreed. But again, I haven't listened to the recorder. Um, We were pretty late getting home. But anyways, so 
I think I started asking more questions at that point, And then it was just like, all of a sudden I said, I have got to go as I can't be here anymore. So John was leading me up the steps. And as that happened, I felt something grab my leg. And I think I even told him going up the steps. It's like, Oh my God, something grabbed my leg. And we stopped in the living room. He said, let's get out, get out, get out. And I said, do you see anything on my leg when we got outside? Cause he had me wait for Dennis to come. Um, and he said, no, not, not yet. And he went to, I think he had to text Dennis and he came back and I said, check my leg. There is something on my leg. And uh, I said, it's burning. And he looked and you could see he, I mean, when, when I say he went off, he, I wasn't out of his sight. He was right there, but he walked, took a few steps to text Dennis. Right. And uh, when he shined his flesh, see that. And that's the picture I sent to you last night on the way home. Correct. So, um, yeah, which very real, interesting, which was weird because I actually looked at the picture and then actually kind of got ill myself. It was the weirdest deal. So, um, for whatever that means, but, uh, how crazy, but yeah, I'm glad you're all right now. Um, you're feeling all right. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Just tired. Safe, Just right. Safety of the team first, but yeah, definitely a crazy, um, um, man, sounds like a crazy place. The brick rancher. Well, another yeah. girl actually, um, it was the tour behind us. Her arm got scratched. She was a young girl, like 18. Her arm got scratched. So I think the more people that went through the basement um, over the course of the night, I think it thrived on the energy and the chaos that it caused. And um, Dennis, actually, when my leg was grabbed, he went down there and did a live feed. He does not like Dennis. Um, He runs from Dennis for whatever reason. Um, There is a corner in the basement I think you can see it on the clip and it's a blue tank. I don't know if it's a hot water tank or, or what that is, but he likes to cling to that corner and um, he's very big. It's big. Um, Dennis was saying he thinks it's an elemental um, because I was telling him it's very old. It's been there a really long time and um, I don't think it was ever human. And Den- Dennis has done a lot of studies there. I'm sure his, his uh, Facebook group is Commonwealth researchers of the paranormal for those interested in Dennis Estlock. Yeah. He's, he knows that place like the back of his hand. Um, so from there um, I did show in the first clip, all the woods um, that are behind both houses. And um, we walked back there Um which is creepy in itself at night. Uh, so, so you don't know if, you know, there's a critter coming up on you or what, but um, I did get a couple responses down there. I got the name uh, with the SB seven. I got the name um, Elijah, which very well, that name would kind of suit some of that period. Um, sure. And then I got, um, I asked, what are you doing here? And I got walking. So apparently he was walking with us as we were through the woods. But uh, John gave us some information as we were investigating through there that um, the Indians, when they were buried, 
uh, they would place a yucca plant as a um, grave marker. And on this path that we walked, there were two of the biggest yucca plants I'd ever seen. Um, I didn't get any responses. Um, we got a little bit of garble, but nothing you can make it out. I may have something on the recorder. Again, I have not sat and gone through that yet. But, um, of course, whatever I do, again, uh, I'm going to send to you for you to share on Facebook. So um, sure, others can hear it. Yeah, it'll be interesting this uh, week and or whenever we can get to and uh, check out that evidence and really uh, delve into it a little bit more and be better prepared for our next time we check out the cabin on 360. I personally was drawn to the woods and um, just the woods itself and the beauty of the, the picturesque beauty from where you took the film. Uh, I just wanted to go there myself, so I can't wait to get there someday and get out in those woods and the Maybe not in the dark, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would, I would love nothing more than you and Dan and Ashley, um, us all meet up and go investigate that place. Cause it's definitely worth the trip. Um, you will not be disappointed. Um, they did a fantastic job with organizing. I would guess there was probably 25, maybe 30 people there, which is a lot of people. And Things ran really smoothly. It was very organized. Um, I would highly recommend um, anybody to go, whether you're your first or whether it's your, you know, 1,000th um, hunt. I would definitely recommend it. And, you know, the, the owner, Ryan, was there, and he was very nice. And, you know, he, of course, he led a group, but um, he was telling me it's $200, for the woods, the cabin, and um, the ranch for the night. I can't remember wow. the times that he gave me, but you split that up between a group. And the evidence you'll get is worth way more than than that. So, Yeah, um, that's not yeah. bad money today uh, for what others are charging. So, And it seemed like from our angle here at the headquarters that very professional and down to earth people and allowed for a great experience. So big shout out to the cabin on 360. They're on Facebook, Dennis Estlock, uh, Commonwealth researchers of the paranormal. So Melissa, thank you so much for the uh, recap and play by play back on, on the cabin on 360. Absolutely. Um, I think you did a great job. Um, it was, it was really interesting to watch it from your perspective and, uh, and thanks for your passion for the paranormal and uh, to join forces with us and to help everybody learn about the paranormal. And that's what we're here for. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Any, anybody I can help, I'm glad to do that. Well, great. Well, you'll be hearing more with Melissa. She joins us on the podcast. We've got some really cool interviews coming up already. So we thank our viewers and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you, Fred. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Musical tracks on this program feature Losing September from my hometown, Muncie, Indiana. Until next time, see ya. Love and peace. Bring out your